0: Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after in I can't even talk after infidelity and betrayal. The reason I got a little bit choked up is, honest to goodness, this show is about intimacy and pleasure and connection and relationship. And yes, that has to do with sex. But it also has to do with so much more than that. And as a survivor of infidelity and betrayal, trust me, I know how acutely painful it can be sometimes to be betrayed in that area. Because all of your insecurities and fears come out. You're like, was I not good enough? Am I not pretty enough? Did I not quote unquote perform well enough? What did I do wrong? And then you also have those thoughts in your head about, is this how it's supposed to feel? I think everybody is feeling more than I am. I think everybody is having this at a different level and I'm wrong and broken. I don't know how to do it. And that I somehow caused this experience, which you're totally normal if you feel that way, but it honestly could not be further from the truth. Yes, infidelity and betrayal have components and have to do with sex, but they also don't. Your sensuality, your pleasure is for you. You are good enough. You are capable of feeling everything that you want to feel. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. I've got Azaria Menenez, who is an incredible intimacy coach. And we're just gonna take a deep dive into all of this. This show is truly for anyone who wants to feel more pleasure, who wants to have better sex at some point in time, maybe not now because you're still in a slightly traumatic, st- traumatized state, And to feel more connected to yourself, to your body, and eventually to a partner. So welcome. I am so excited to talk to you today. Hey, thank
1: you so much for having me. Oh my goodness. I think this is going to be an incredible conversation. And I'm so, so, so excited to dive deep. Yes,
0: me too. Okay, I'd like to start by having you tell people a little bit about what you do. What brought you into this work? Yes.
1: So I am a sex and relationship coach. I work with women. I work with moms. I work with couples. And essentially, the thing that I do is I help you figure out what that thing is that is holding you back from experiencing exquisite pleasure in the bedroom, right? From getting out of your head and into your body and really just finding ways to elevate the sex that you're already having or reconnect you to that spark, that sensual like mojo that you have, that turn on, that excitement about your sex life. Because it's not always easy. It's not always super accessible. And sometimes they're just, it just feels like there's something in the way that we can't move through. So I help women and couples and moms bust through those blocks to feel incredible in the bedroom. And so for me, my journey. I, I haven't always had incredible sex. (laughs) I, at some point in my life, I was really disconnected from my sexuality, my body, the people that I was relating with because I had suffered sexual abuse. And so this is what made it really, really, really hard for me to actually form intimate relationships and open up to them. Right. I was really keeping my distance emotionally and not, not just physically, but also just emotionally. And that made it really, really, really hard for me to form lasting relationships. And so I made it my mission to figure out how to move past those blocks. And it took me, it took me some time, but eventually I was able to not just be in a place of participating in sex just because my partner wanted it or like, "Eh, it's feeling like a chore or just being like, meh, take it or leave it, right? (laughs) To fully thriving in the bedroom, fully feeling really good, fully feeling connected with my partner, but most of all connected with my own body and really in tune with what my body needs and wants in that moment and to really build that trust back up. So it's, A lot of experience and just like this deep desire to support other couples, other women, especially moms, when they have kids go, when they come up against these blocks, move through them because it can be really, really, really tricky. Like your sex life can affect the rest of your life, even though you're not, Maybe aware of it, but there's so many areas that sexuality can affect in your life, right? Motherhood, work, like relationships, how you feel about your body—all of these things are so interconnected. So, I am super, super happy about the work that I do, and I'm so passionate about this work.
0: Ah, uh, you are, and that I think is one of the things that so attracted me to you. It, it's. You feel it when you're talking, you feel it in your energy and it's a joyful expression of sexuality. And that's what we all want. We all want that deep connection and to just feel so good and to be happy. And in our culture, yeah, in our society, it's so easy to focus on the wrong things. Like I have to be 105 pounds and I have to be five foot nine and I have to have a 40 inch chest and I have to have a 20 inch waist. And then we're all focused on this external stuff. And then the experience falls flat and we think we're broken. And yeah. And then part of that too is there's not a lot of quality education out there. Things do tend to get porny and smutty pretty easily. And for a lot of people, we go, oh, I really wanted information. I didn't really need to see that. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And I think it's where this education piece where it really lacks in our society today, because a lot of the messaging that we get is from the media, right? And the media just has such a strange view and an ever-changing view and such an unrealistic view on what it means to be in relationship with your own body, what it means to actually love yourself. So much of like the self-love stuff is like, just have a bubble bath, go have a smoothie. (laughs) No, self-love is really just the ability to keep showing up to those parts of yourself that you push away, that you reject, that you want to control, that you want to fix. over and over and over and over and over and over over again. And saying, I love you, I'm here for you, I see you and I want you. Mm -hmm. And so self-love is such a deep and beautiful and profound journey. And I think that if society shifted their view on what it really means to love yourself and educate, right? On what it really means to love yourself, I think we would come into less of a struggle with our bodies, right? Right. Uh, less of a struggle in our relationships, less of a of a struggle with how we show up in the bedroom. These are such such important points that society is just totally
0: missing the boat. <laughs> right, right. Let's let's go a little bit deeper on the self love, and then I want to talk about being in relationship with your body because I, I agree society is missing a lot of this. Okay, you said self love is showing up for those parts of you that you want to push away and being able to see, I see you, I want you, I love you. That's a lot. And I, I think there's probably a lot of people out there like me who go, yeah, I get that, but oh, that's scary. What's a safer, easier way that we can dip our toe in the water. Can you give us just like one practice or example that we can start doing right now?
1: Yeah. And so I think, I think a lot of it seems overwhelming because we think about the big picture. Right. And, The way that you get to a goal is just shifting your perspective on it by 1%, right? It's that one step at a time. So maybe you are not in a good relationship with your belly. I struggled with my belly because I've had kids. I don't know about you listeners out there, but I've had kids and it's like a wrinkly, loving, sweet mess. (laughs) And so the way that I recommend starting this is to actually just move towards 1% of showing up for this part of you that you may push away, whether it's a part of your personality, whether it's a part of your body, whether it's just a part of like your thought pattern, like it can be anything, right? So how can I show up today and shift that narrative? So maybe you're thinking a self-critical thought or you're like, oh, I can't believe I'm acting this way again or thinking like this again, or like expressing this way to my own body. How can I just develop maybe a more neutral stance to this? Or how can I just say, you know what? I totally understand why I'm having hate towards my body right now. And also what's the next loving thing that I can do for myself? Right. And if you keep doing this over and over and over again, it's like in the little ways that we show up for ourselves actually add up to the big ways. Right. Because it's really just about creating a new neural pattern in your brain and restructuring that thought pattern that we have. Because the muscle of maybe criticism or self hate, or when you're pushing a part of yourself away or rejecting a part of your body. It's had a lot of years to strengthen that muscle, right? And so when we want to create a new path, we start by thinking and changing just one thought pattern and just shifting that to over and over again so that it becomes an easier choice for your brain and you slowly move into self-love that way.
0: I I, I love that. And, And what I really love about that is thinking about the experience, the infidelity and betrayal experience that I had. It's probably similar for the sexual assault experience that you had. And we both know, looking at the numbers, pretty much every woman out there has had one or the other, if not both. Yeah. Yeah. When that trauma hits, it kicks in when something bad happens to us, even just when we're rejected, it kicks in all of those negative thoughts and it does spiral us down. And I really love that question. What's the next loving thing I can do for myself? Because that's going to help break that cycle of, I was too fat. I was too frigid. I was too busy. I was too involved. I was too slutty, too old, too young, too this, too that. What's the next loving thing? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, And I think that It's also really
1: good to remember that at our core, right? At the core of who we are, we can never be sexually broken. We can never be broken. We are always whole. So all of the experiences, all of the pain, all of the hurt, all of the like belief systems and messaging and all of these ideas that we've gathered in our life, it's just like layers, right? And so essentially self-love is trying to move through those layers and getting back to actually seeing your wholeness because it's already there. You are not broken. You're already whole no matter what. You are whole. Oh. You are enough. You are whole.
0: Like it's all there, baby. It's all there. <laughs> <laughs> you are speaking my language. Absolutely. <laughs> now, what about this in relationship with your body? Being in relationship with your body because that's a tough one. We're so used to being in our head. And especially when we're in a state of trauma, we dissociate from our bodies. Talk some more about that. Let's break that one down a little bit.
1: So this is where it's really interesting, where it can tie into the whole infidelity thing, because there's a sense that, okay, I could not trust myself. Because sometimes when you experience infidelity, betrayal, anything like that, you're not only putting that mistrust in the other person, but also in the world, but also in yourself. Like, why didn't I know? How come I didn't trust my intuition? Well, How come I didn't even notice? Like, how could I be so blind to the reality of things? And so sometimes this is a really big part of that disconnection is actually not having that sense of trust with your own body and with your own self. So part of feeling connected to your body, part of getting out of your head and getting into your body, part of communicating and learning to be in communication with your body is actually building that self-trust back up because it can feel really, really, really inaccessible for you to connect with your body when you're like, I don't really trust myself anymore. Right. And it's one of those things that we don't actually notice. Like we think like, oh, of course I trust myself, but when something like betrayal happens, when like big trauma happens or emotional wounding or emotional pain, right? Things like that can actually really cause some self-trust to feel like it's disappeared in your body. And that automatically causes that disassociation. So learning how to actually communicate with your body is a little bit of a slow process and it requires a little bit of patience as well, right? Really learning how to develop those, that self-trust muscle again, again, it's like that 1%. How can I trust myself in this small thing right now?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I feel that. And here's, here's what comes up for me with that. Okay. I start trusting myself. I do that 1% and something bad happens. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you keep going even when you mess it up? Because we're human and we are going to mess it up.
1: Absolutely. And so here's, here's the thing about that, right? It's like, how can we move back into self-love? Because now this messing up thing is a form or a part of ourselves that we're rejecting, that we're pushing away, that we don't want anything to do with. Mm -mm, I messed up. I am a failure. I'm, I'm broken. Nobody wants me. I'm not good enough. All of these things are coming back to, Ooh, right. How can I hold space for all of these things? How can I just sit with the fact that I might mess up? How can I just sit with the fact that I actually don't trust myself right now? And how can I just hold so, so, so much deep love and loving compassion for this part of myself? Because this is not you. Mm-hmm. This is just a part of you. This is just a part of your fears, a part of your thoughts, ideas, right? Experiences. But it doesn't mean that this is all of you. And we can use this as such a big learning process on how to love ourselves. And you know how they always say like, you can't love your, like, you can't love another person until you really love yourself. And for so many years, I was like, that's cute. Like I thought I (laughs) had it, but like, once you actually learn to hold space for all these parts of yourselves. That is the huge lesson in how you're going to be able to hold space for another person's crap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's huge. Like the parts of yourself that we push away, the shame, the guilt, like this feeling that we messed up, that we're not good enough. Like all of these things, they, they happen in our day-to-day, right? There's so much opportunity for us to make mistakes. It's part of life. It, it, that's just how, that's the magic of it really, because it's in that where we get really, beautifully humbled about her own humanity. Like this is, this is where the honey's at and learning how to um, regulate your nervous system and hold yourself with so, 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 so much deep love, even though you're hurting and you're maybe scared and you don't want to try it again and you don't think it's working, right? It's those moments where we get to really be in the practice of self-love and learning what it means to show up for ourselves. And showing up can just be witnessing and holding and just like, wow, okay, I'm scared. I'm scared of messing it up again. I'm scared of not trusting. And just holding the scared part of you because essentially all of these parts that we push away that we reject that we don't want anything to do with they just want to be loved they just want to be loved and held and acknowledged and heard like little babies like all these parts of ourselves that we push away actually need so much more love than the parts that we welcome, like ecstasy, joy, like happiness. Yes. Like these parts are like, come on in more, more, more. But all the other parts were like, Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Like We're taking you to therapy. Yeah. All of these parts, like they just need so much more love and compassion. That so is...
0: Thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> That is so beautiful. And, and I love the power as you say that because it is powerful. It is life-changing and it is scary and that's okay. And just knowing, I think, that this is something we can do and that we can survive it makes it easier to step into. Absolutely. The power of
1: self-love is so potent. And I just don't think that we're, that we realize how healing that can be. Like it's, it sounds so surfacey and so basic <laughs> that we're all so sick of it. Right? right? But there's so much depth to that, like really showing up for yourself in the trenches and saying, I love you. Like that's hard. That's really, really,
0: really, really hard. And it's a practice we have to come back to over and over again. Mm, yeah. And also recognizing that we are in the trenches, just mm. acknowledging that, because I think that's, we, we want to gloss over that. Okay. My partner cheated and it's okay. I'm going to survive. Yeah. So you you got to go down first. Yes. You are going, going to be okay and you will survive, but you've got to feel some of that pain.
1: Absolutely. And I think in a society that we live in today, there isn't really much room for feeling our emotions at their full range, like full range. Society doesn't really like that. It's there's like acceptable ranges of emotions and acceptable, right? things that we can show in public or with our friends or whatever. Right. But then there's so much shame and guilt around experiencing our emotions at a full range. And I think this is so, so important is to actually start getting really comfortable with your emotions. I'm going to tell you a funny story. So
0: please, when I, did,
1: when I was practicing, um, really getting comfortable with my emotions at a full range, I lived in a little townhouse with my daughter. And on Sundays when I had my days off, I would just like practice going into my full Grief into my full anger. And I would just like wail and like sob really loud in my apartment. And my neighbors would come knock on my door and be like, Are you okay?
0: And I'm like, No, I'm just like practicing my emotions here. It was, like,
1: even though I wasn't actually sad, but I would actually just dramatize what it felt like to experience mm. and practice being in such a huge range of emotion and what it meant to actually take my body there that's when I actually started to get really comfortable with what it meant to express my emotions fully. And that is so freeing. There is such a liberating feeling with being able to actually liberate your emotions in that way. Right. And Mm. we hold so much of ourselves back. And this is where it gets interesting in intimacy, right. Is when we have sex, Yes. there's not really a lot of space for expressing our emotions and I really 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 am a huge advocate of being able to express that in bedroom because sexual energy when we're having sex we're moving stagnant energy around the body we're connecting with another human right things things can come up emotions come up when we're moving energy through the body when we're moving a lot of um like thoughts and ideas when we're having sex, sometimes things can come up that we don't even expect. I don't know about you, but I've definitely had my fair share of crying during sex or feeling like I wanted to cry during sex. And years ago, I was so scared to let that out because I was like, I don't know what my partner's gonna think. I don't know like what they're gonna say. Can they hold space for me? Can I like, I don't even know why I'm crying. Do I like it? Like is what's happening, right? And learning that sexual energy just has the ability to move things around in your body, especially stagnant energy, or really just complete a stress cycle. And sometimes this actually doesn't have anything to do with the partner or the sex that you're having. Like you might be having a time of your life, but now all of a sudden you're having an emotion come up and you're like, ah, what do I do with it, right? Especially if you've experienced something like infidelity, ooh, like the first time or just even any time after that. And you haven't completed a stress cycle and things and emotions come up, it can be scary. To like deal with that in the moment, right? And also, there is such a profound beauty in just letting the tears flow, right? And just letting it out and feeling the things, because that's Mm -hmm. your body's way of completing a stress cycle, maybe in a way that you haven't before right? Because it's through movement that we complete these stress cycles in our body. It's through movement that our body actually gets rid of the trauma that is stored in cells and in our muscles and in certain areas of the body, right? And sex is one of those things that's a huge activator of movement, right? We're doing all the
0: movements to be able to support our body complete that stress cycle. I, yeah, so, so well said about completing the stress cycle because In the infidelity world, post-infidelity, it seems like what happens is hysterical bonding, where all you want to do is have sex with that person. And sometimes people are are kind of like opposed to that. Like, you shouldn't do that. It's just hysterical bonding. Do what your body needs to do. If that's what your body needs to do, do it. And then the other side of that coin is I can never have sex again. I cannot be intimate with this person. And hearing you speak, it just makes me realize either or both of those is okay. Because you're, yeah, you're emoting, you're feeling, you're expressing, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And it's really just about honoring where your body is
1: at, right? I think so many of the times we don't really take the time to listen to our bodies, right? If maybe your partner is asking you to have sex with them, you're like, oh, okay, like, let's do it. Like, there's you you don't really think about it. And then sometimes you're you're you know you're getting into it and you're thinking about your to-do list, the groceries. Maybe you're thinking about like things that you're gonna bring up in your next fight, like you're feeling resentment, all, all these possible things could be going through your head. And then you're like, oh, I'm not really wet and I'm feeling kind of dry. And now I'm not really into this. Okay, 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 concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Right. Like now you're in in this kind of a phase. And so a lot of the times, what I highly recommend is to just like take five minutes. When your partner asks you, like, do you actually want to have sex? And you just close your eyes, take some, take some minutes and just ask yourself, does my body feel like sex right now? Or is there something else that would give me greater pleasure and just take a couple minutes to listen in, right? That's all it takes. And I think that that step can really contribute to increasing your enjoyment in the bedroom and also like expanding your orgasmic potential and just inviting more of an authentic experience during sex. Because I think a lot of the times we either just feel obligated or like, you know, it's another thing on our to-do list or, okay, we haven't had sex in a month or, okay, I've really been pushing it off for such a long time, right? Like so many of these things, but there's so many other ways to connect other than just penetrative sex, right? Like there's so many other ways we can really foster that intimacy. And especially after infidelity, it's so, so, so important to really connect with your body and honor your body's needs and really learn the language of your body, right? Learn the language of your sexuality and really start to listen in to those subtle yeses and no's, right? Because it's when we don't listen to our yeses and nos is when we start building and harboring feelings like resentment, guilt, anger, like all of these things that can feel really, really hard to express to our partner. But actually we're just self-abandoning our yeses and nos. We're self-abandoning ourselves. And so when we stay with our bodies, stay with our yeses and nos, or maybes, right? This is an act of self-love. It's saying, yes, I welcome my yeses and nos and I'm staying here and I'm staying here over and over and over and over again. And this is how you're going to build that self-trust muscle, right? It's like coming into a space of being there for your body instead of self-abandoning because of another person or self-abandoning because you feel obligated or self-abandoning because I don't know, some situation.
0: Mm -hmm. This is so good. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I really want to get into this juicy part. I really want to start talking about some of the things that you talked about, like your kind of sexuality. I don't think so many people know that they have choices and options and yeses and noes. They were taught that it's this biological function and this is what you do and you better enjoy it. And here is trick A, B, or C. And if you don't get those things, forget it. So stick with us, when we come back, we're gonna talk about how to feel during sex, how to feel that full range, just like you were talking about with the emotions, how to say yes, no, maybe, and to figure out who you are because I don't care how old you are. I don't think a lot of us really know who we are as sexual beings. So stick with us, we'll be right back. Do you feel betrayed by life, your body, or by someone that you love. You are not alone and you are not weak or overly emotional for feeling the way that you do. Betrayal is one of the most overwhelmingly painful experiences to navigate because it strikes at the core of who you are and what you are worth. No matter how gutted you feel, there is hope. You can flourish, not in spite of your experience, but because of it, I know. After 23 years of marriage, my world was shattered when I found out that my husband had been cheating on me with five different women for 15 years. I lost everything that day, my identity, my worth, and the future I had worked so hard to create. While it was a long and arduous journey back to myself, today I know who I am, what I want, and I am happier and more confident than I ever was before. I've got what I call naked self-worth, which is the ability to see, know, and love yourself for who you are, not for what you accomplished or for who you are in relation to others. No matter what has shattered your heart, if you're ready to get clear on who you are, what you want, and to learn how good life really can be, then life choreography is for you. Even if you feel too old or are too busy because you have kids at home and you're in charge of everything. Life Choreography is a comprehensive five-month, five-step program that empowers you to strip out of your labels, roles, and scripts and to reveal yourself as you are, not as you think you should be. To learn more, go to nakedselfworth.com And download your free guide that shows you how to untangle yourself from the past. Reclaim your sexy and start re-choreographing life on your own terms. So you can love and be loved for exactly who you most authentically are. And we are back with Azaria Menenez. And we are going to talk about all things juicy and delicious and wonderful about our own sexuality. We're going to have a really ca- candid conversation. This whole thing has been really candid but we're going to move more into a candid conversation about what does it really mean to be a sexual being. There's there's so many layers. I'm a mom. I can't do this. I'm religious. I can't do that. I'm not married. I can't do this. I'm old. I can't do this. I'm fat. I can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. And we're just never given that opportunity to, opportunity to explore our own pleasure, our own desire, our own healthiness. And then we also have that belief that, oh, that's weird. I can't do that. That's like, weird and porny. No, 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 no. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about is you and how you feel you. So you can start having this blissful, amazing, connected, divine experience. So talk about that. How, how do we even start? Is it possible for everybody? Yes. And this is the beautiful thing
1: about pleasure because this is, we, we, we are sexual beings as humans. This is something that we are born with. Sexual energy is just creation energy. So we are born with this. This is something that everyone has and everyone has the ability to tap into whether you want to use it for your bedroom, whether you want to use it to make art, whether you want to use it to feel good. Like there are so many ways to tap into sexual energy and just feeling good in your body so knowing this, first of all, that takes all the pressure off, which is super, super nice to know. And a really, really big part of this is, is learning your own desires, learning about your own body, learning about what you love, right? Because before we can take this into the bedroom, before we can take this to another person, it's so, so, so important to tap into our own desires and just almost like discover who we are and where we feel really good in our sexuality and where we feel really curious in our sexuality and what we love and what we don't love. And the way that you're going to learn and navigate yeses and nos and learn what feels good in your body so that you can share that with another person is really just by exploring your own body and getting to know your own body, right? And this is why it's so, so, so important for self-exploration. It's like the way that you self-pleasure is how you're going to show up in the bedroom. That's literally a direct mirror of all the expectations you're going to set in the bedroom. Because sometimes we expect so much from our partners and we expect them to know all the things, all the moves, like all the ways to get us where we want to get. And then we don't really do it for ourselves, (laughs) but we know our body the best. And it's such an incredible adventure to actually feel really empowered and know what you want, because what partners don't love direction in the bedroom? I I don't know about you, but if somebody tells me what they like, I'm like, yes, I will do that. (laughs) Yes so much more motivating because now the pressure's off of you and you feel like you're really giving your partner that pleasure. So there's so, so much power in knowing what you love, knowing your body, right? And just taking the time to use some of your self-care time, to actually dedicate to getting to know your own likes and dislikes in the bedroom, right? To actually getting to know what are the things that turn you on? What are the things that turn you off, right? Because that is such a beautiful way to be able to know that and also communicate that with your partner or partners, right? Because some some of the things that turn me off are a messy house, when like I'm really, really highly stressed, I have lots of deadlines, all of those things, those are all turn offs for me. So now that I know that, okay, now I can communicate that to my partner, right? Because if they come to me and they're like, ooh, I'm ready, and I'm like, no, 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 no! like you're always doing this and you're always asking me at the wrong times and I'm not in the mood tonight and there's so many, di- right? Like all of these things can cause so much friction. So there's so much power in knowing what you want, when it turns you on, how you like it, right? And how to really create an environment for yourself to be in a space of turn on in your
0: own body first, Yes. Thank you so much for giving the example to of messy house and stress and deadlines, because I get pushback so often from people who are like, I am not into the self-pleasuring stuff. Oh my God. Don't talk about that. Blah, 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 blah. And so often I think people have the misperception that learning your own turn-ons and turn-offs is strictly physical and it's not, it's the state of being like that. Same thing with a messy house and a lot of deadlines. If you come to me 20 minutes before I need to be somewhere and I'm not prepared, no, get out of my space and also, yeah. And and I also love how you said communicate it because isn't this true? There's so many times where it's like, we'll be like, I love having my hair brushed. It feels so good to play with my hair. This just feels so good on my scalp. And then somebody says, what do you like? And you're like, I don't know, because really you don't want to say, I love having my hair stroked. You think it's holy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And there's such a huge range of permission here, right? Like you, the more that you figure out what you love, the the better you can articulate that. And the more that you show up for those things that you love, you're just increasing your own pleasure here. (laughs) This just gets to be better and better and more exciting because so much of ourselves, we hold back, right? And there's this fear of rejection. There's this fear of being too much, of being too demanding, being too loud, being too this, being too that, right? There's a huge fear in that. And there's you know we circle back again it's just saying yes to yourself over and over again and the more we actually dive deeper into that yes that permission right the more we dive into what actually feels authentic for us the more we actually get to say no like i actually don't want to have sex with you tonight but you know what i would love i would really really love to give you a really beautiful sensual massage and then your evening could just turn out so much more incredible than if you had just pushed through the, I'm not really in the mood, but I'll do it anyways. And then you have sex and then you just feel kind of empty and weird after. And you're like, oh, like, why do we do this over and over again? Like it can change the trajectory of your whole evening, your whole relationship, your whole sex life, your own relationship to your body, because your body's like, yes, you trusted me. And now we got to do the thing.
0: And this is safe and survivable. So we can do it again. Right. That is magic. What you just said right there is magic. No, but this is what I want because so many people live in that black and white. No, I don't want sex right now, but I know I should, because I know if I do, then he's going to feel better or she's going to feel better. And then we're going to get what I want. And then it becomes this huge buildup and this huge relationship game of I'm going to give you this and I'm going to expect this blah, blah, blah. instead of yeah, once. So I love that. No, but I want to give you a massage. Yeah. It gets to be a co-creation. Like look at sex
1: as your playground and your playground is really, really, really huge. And you and your partner get to co-create what happens in that. And you don't have to do the same things that you do all the time. Like you get to be curious every single time you have sex and you get to be really curious on how you want to play with each other. Like it doesn't have to be the same old thing you do all the time. And it's in this curiosity we actually discover what we like and what we don't like. Mm-hmm. So often we take that play out of sex. Like maybe just create an evening where you're just thinking like hey, let's get curious this evening and you explore different types of massage techniques, different types of positions, right? Like all of these different things. We don't actually take the time to explore what feels good. We know our partners, we're in the routine and we think we know their whole body, but like it's that's not really true because every every hour, our, our skin, like the way that we respond to touch, it changes. It changes by, by how much stress we've had in the day, what mood we're in, whether we've eaten or not, whether we're warm or cold, like the senses shift things all the time. So remember to stay curious, like remember to stay curious about your own body, what you love and know that that can shift all the time. And it's in this curiosity is where you're going to get to expand all of the things that are beyond maybe the sex that you're having right now. And you're feeling like, Ooh, I wish there was, there was more, like, I feel like there's more to this
0: yes. curiosity that does not kill the cat. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have two follow-up questions around that. The first right. thing is, is I can hear a lot of people saying, yes, this sounds amazing. Oh my gosh. But I need guidance. I don't even know where to start. Like play. I, I hear that book what do I really do? What, what does that really mean? Help. That's my first question. Okay.
1: So this can, this can feel really tricky, especially if you're, you know, if you're used to doing things in the way that you love. So a really beautiful and easy way to invite more pleasure and curiosity and play is to just tap into your five senses So use your five senses, invite them to come and play, bring that into the bedroom, bring something really yummy, like chocolate or like something really juicy, like grapes, anything, right? Then you're going to bring something to smell, something to taste, Something like to touch all of these different elements and you can use that in the bedroom to play. So maybe you have a feather and a blindfold and you're exploring what feels good on your body, right? Maybe you're experimenting with different types of pressure when you're touching each other, right? Different types of speed, even if you're giving each other a beautiful massage, always communicating like do you like this do you like the speed do you like the pressure do you like the technique right and it's in the communication where we actually get to play in exploring our yeses and nos because now you get to say yes i actually do like that Mm, no that doesn't feel good can you try something else and this actually builds a little bit of confidence because sometimes i get it it can feel like, especially if you're already having sex, it can feel kind of overwhelming to be like, okay, honey, stop. I don't really like what you're doing. (laughs) And they've been working so hard
0: at it. And you're like, oh gosh, I'll just, I'll just let it, let it finish. Right. We've done this for 10 years and you're just telling me now you don't like it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So the curiosity thing is a really great invitation for your partner, like not to feel intimidated and for you to actually practice your yeses and your noes. like, Hey, let's get really curious tonight because I just want to try some different moves, some different techniques and we can just play like, and you can switch, right? Now you can say, do you like the pressure? Do you like the speed? Like it's, it's just a fun way to spice things up. So I think a lot of the times we get stuck in doing things the right way, but the beautiful thing about play and curiosity is, is you can make it your own. And that's, that's the beautiful thing. It's just an invitation to explore what feels really yummy in your body and what doesn't.
0: And what a catharsis, too, for people coming together after a traumatic experience, whether it is infidelity or betrayal or the loss of a a baby or pregnancy or sexual assault or anything to come back together with that fresh slate and just to be like, I don't know what's going to come up let's have this experience maybe we sob maybe i'm in rage. maybe we work things out physically maybe we end up having sex maybe we don't let's just show up and process together absolutely and this is
1: where it gets to be really liberating because the deeper and deeper you go into this the more incredible it can be. I can't tell you how much when I'm feeling really angry and I have angry sex and I'm like, (laughs) oh, it feels so (laughs) freeing. And to know that my partner can just like witness me and doing my thing and being crazy and being angry and knowing that like the emotion is gone in five seconds. Like when we get to truly process an emotion and feel it out fully, it's like a five second thing. Because it's not stuck in our heads and it's not like, in there and we can't get it out and we're holding it back and we're pushing it down right so there's a real liberation in just showing up authentically right and showing up in all of the things that you are because all of you is welcome and all of your partner is welcome and really learning how to hold that for each other can be so so beautiful and open up a whole new level of intimacy
0: oh my gosh absolutely that's what we want is that intimacy yeah. so that that leads to my second question which was how do you bring your partner on board with this? Because it's, it's a process. And how do you communicate? This is how I'm going to start showing up. And I'm, I'm, I want this deep intimacy and I want this, and this is what we're going to do when your partner's just kind of thinking, wham, bam, we're done. Mm-hmm. So this is really, really good where it gets to, you know, plain to
1: your communication, right? Because, When we show up and maybe we're in a space where we're asking our partners, hey, I really want to have a chat with you because something has been coming up within me and I just want to go deeper with you. Like stating the reasons of why you would love to explore this with them and also sharing your fears around it, right? When we start to get really vulnerable and really true about our fears and also our desires on why we want to do something and also our dreams, right? That's when when it drops deeper is when we start opening up and sharing that vulnerability, because then our partner gets to see us like, oh, okay. And that gives them an opportunity to drop deeper too. It's really just an invitation, right? We're not like Mm -hmm. trying to convince our partners to do something that they're not comfortable with, or we're not trying to like bring this new persona into the bedroom. That's just going to change everything around, but it's like an invitation of, will you go deeper with me? Like, would you, would you like to see me in more authentic state. Like I want to show up more authentically. And I, I really want to connect with you on a whole new level. And I'm wondering if you would take this invitation on, right? It's
0: an invitation to play. Hmm. And that circles right back to what we were talking about at the beginning with self-love and showing up for all parts of your body because you're yeah, inviting them to witness you, but also to witness themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. And
1: it can, you know, it can feel really tricky in the beginning and a little awkward, but also know that this is part of the journey and part of the process in saying yes to each other. Right. Like we always think about the big picture, but again, it's those little invitations and those small little shifts that we can make in our sex life. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to release my full range of emotions. And I'm going to be this like new person, but it's like, Hey, what if we just did <clears throat> like a minute of eye gazing before we have sex today and just like stare into each other's eyes. Like this is really vulnerable and might feel weird, or we might giggle, or maybe some tears might come up, or this might just be like a super strange situation, but that's like, that's the play in it. It's like, let's, let's shift things a little bit and try how, what this feels like. Do we like this? Do we not like it? Do we want to try it again? Even though it felt weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. And that what I see so clearly is we all want that deep intimacy. We all want to be witnessed and seen and felt and heard, but the journey to get there is going to be uncomfortable a little bit. (laughs) And it's okay to just keep taking those baby
1: steps. Yes, absolutely. Uncomfortability, like being uncomfortable and feeling all of these emotions it's all part of it. And the more we can show up for that weird, uncomfortable feeling in our skin and just continue to say yes to it, the deeper opportunity we get, it's like the perfect return of investment because you just get to go deeper and deeper into that. Right. And then you also get to notice who is showing up with you for those parts of you that are really wanting to be seen in the most authentic way right? Because it can also happen that maybe the person that you have gone on a few dates with isn't really like there for that. And that doesn't have anything to do with you, but it's really just like expanding your ability to find the people that are actually wanting to go deeper with you, right? Because sometimes there's, like, there's just not the person that we want to go deep with. And that has nothing to do with you. It's really just like a reflection of where they're at in their life. And that's okay. Yeah. And
0: isn't knowing that so uh,
1: much better?
0: Like, oh, yeah, so much better. <laughs> yeah. Why waste a year with somebody if they're not interested in doing it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of return on investment. How do people find you and work with you? Because this is one of the most worthwhile, satisfying, pleasurable investments you can make is in yourself and in your own joy.
1: Absolutely. So I offer coaching. I have a website. You can find me at ww.azariamenezes.com. I'm sure you will link everything below because my name is very long and very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram. And I also have a podcast called Getting Intimate. So you can find them on all Spotify, Apple, like any streaming place to just tune in into more ways you can invite more pleasure into your life. I'll of practical ways and just finding more exquisite ways to expand what it means to enjoy your sex life and your relationships.
0: Yeah. And what does your coaching look like? So people aren't like, oh my gosh, what does she do? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So usually I do um, four month packages where we just
1: do a deep dive on what that thing is that is holding you back on in the bedroom, right? So it can literally be anything. It can be things like shame. It can be things like guilt. It can be things like struggling to love your body or really navigating what it means to Be in the bedroom with your partner in a way that you're just getting out of your head and into your body. So we look at all of those things and we look at different ways we can support you with lots of different tools to just increase that orgasmic capacity and increase ways that you can feel super connected,
0: turned on.
1: And just blow up your sex life. like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and who doesn't want to be connected and turned on and have a blown up sex life? Come on. <laughs> Isn't <Like, laughs> that what we all want? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, for speaking so authentically, for showing up in such a deep and real way. I know I appreciated it. And I know you all appreciated it as well. So thank you. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. It was so incredible and so easy to have this beautiful conversation. And I'm so, so excited to
0: connect with everyone that reaches out. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So all of you going forward today, think about that 1% thing, just that next most loving thing that you can do today. And it's not that it's necessarily a sexy thing, Just what is that next most loving thing you can do for you right now when you are done listening to this podcast? Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to flaunt, find your sparkle and create a life you love. After Infidelity or Betrayal with radio host and live choreographer, Laura Cheadle, every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free sparkle through betrayal recovery guide at nakedselfworth.com.